Happy New Year 2022! So, Easy Medical Device this year is offering a new service which is the importer service. If you need an importer for Europe or Switzerland, then you can contact us. And if you can still continue to need an authorized representative for UK, Europe or Switzerland, then Easy Medical Device is also here. So, talk to you soon. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Happy New Year! So welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. Here is Munir Alazzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And first, I want to wish you, uh, all of you, a happy new year. All my best wishes for uh, 2022. Uh, I hope it will be better than 2021. I uh, wish you health, I wish you prosperity. Um, yeah, um, I hope yeah, the situation in 2022 uh, will become better in the pandemic situation but also in the regulatory situation for medical devices and today we'll make an update of what happened uh, last month in December and what will happen in the next following months. Uh, so let's start this uh, January 2021 update for the medical devices. Okay first a uh, good news so we talked about that uh, during the last months Uh, we talked about the proposal for the uh, in vitro diagnostic uh, to be uh, rolling out progressively uh, after the 26th of May 2022 and it was approved. So we got the approval and you can go on the show notes to get all the links. Um, so we can expect now that there will be um, a delay. If I can say for some products classification, for example, the highest risk product, the class D uh, will become delayed until Uh, May 2025, the class C until May 2026, and the class um, B and A sterile will be until May 2027. And one of the other good news, because we talked also about that uh, during uh, on the podcast, it's about, uh, I know it's not on podcast yet, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a discussion with Eric Volbrecht. Uh, we talked about the in-house devices under uh, in vitro diagnostics. So many devices that are, um, or methods, in vitro diagnostic methods that are uh, made by hospitals or laboratories uh, but are done by them and not uh, purchased uh, purchased on the market and for those products now there is also a delay of two years so many it's until may 2024 that there will be um, the application of the ivdr and if in case at that day there is no Uh, equivalency then will go until a transition period until 2028. So these are good news um, for the in vitro diagnostic regulation, but there is still some categories that has to apply by the 26th of May 2022, which is class A device. So if you have some equipment, some laboratory equipments, etc., and they are classified as class A, you have then to have your products um, that are um, having their quality management system, technical documentation, everything available uh, to be then able to transition to the in vitro diagnostic uh, regulation. So uh, don't hesitate uh, to go on the show notes to just see the information from the EU Commission. And I hope, yeah, If you are impacted, I hope yeah this will gives you a give you a relief I can say in terms of the application of in vitro diagnostic. But don't hesitate. Uh, you have really to 
transition anywhere at any time you will have to transition so don't wait anymore try to do it as soon as possible but we know and we'll talk about that later the number of notified bodies is not helping too much so uh, i hope there will be also more notified bodies that will be coming there Okay, let's stay also on the in vitro diagnostics. Let's continue on the in vitro diagnostics about expert panels. So um, in December, we had a lot of publication of experts panel. Uh, so we had four exactly. Uh, we have, uh, for example, the first one about uh, screen donor samples for HEV RNA in plasma samples. We have the detection of West Nile virus. Uh, RNA in plasma and serum specimens. We had the test for direct uh, detection of Babesia DNA and RNA in whole blood samples. Or we have the qualitative in vitro nucleic acid screening test for the direct detection of Zika virus RNA in human plasma. And um, there are mainly uh, good uh, information there about uh, if those products uh, were following all the information about uh, in vitro diagnostic. Uh, there is one, which is the last one, where there is a more recommendation from the expert committee, but for all, all the others, uh, many of the recommendation was approval for, for moving forward. So, yeah, there is an acceleration here on, on these kind of things. And if you are in, on the in vitro diagnostic uh, business and you are having those class D devices, then I think for me, my advice, look at those uh, expert uh, panel review documents uh, because it tells you exactly what they are looking for, what they will accept, not accept. So you have them no excuses if I can say to say, oh, I didn't know that or didn't know this. You can go there. It's public. All is on the show notes also. Uh, check what exactly uh, they are uh, reviewing, what they didn't like, what they liked, etc. And try to follow their recommendation there also. Okay, we have now the agenda for the NDCG 2022. Uh, so it's always interesting to see the topics that will be discussed uh, on this agenda. Uh, so we have the topics like Annex 16 devices, mainly we are really waiting for that. Um, it was, it is planned uh, in Q1 2022. We'll see if it remains that, but a reminder, if you are uh, a device that is on this list, Annex 16 list, then um, as soon as those command specifications will be published uh, for Annex 16, then you have six months to apply the command specification. So it means that you have six months to have a notified body and have all the review made by the notified body. And it's nearly impossible unless you have already planned that, you have already now chosen your notified body, you have already made an application, you have already discussed with them about planning because as we discussed um, with uh, Dr. Roy Van Hanso from uh, Tuf uh, Sud. So the planning with notified bodies is the key for you to succeed. So uh, don't hesitate to really look at that. And there will be also some discussion about UDAMED on the MDCG sessions, post-marketing surveillance and vigilance and in vitro diagnostics. So mainly there is a lot of topics that are remaining and we'll see on the next topic that um, the, this is also something that is really important, those MDCG guidance uh, because mainly this tries to clarify uh, clarify the situation for in vitro diagnostic or for MDR. Um, and we'll see also a topic later where uh, apparently it's not clarifying more, it's more creating more doubts than clarification, but we'll look at that just after. Okay, Team Notified Body issued a, a position paper related to the MDR and IVDR implementation. And they are making a lot of proposals. Uh, I, I, I can say good from, in my opinion, but it's proposals uh, for uh, the EU Commission or for letting go things. So the topics are mainly the risk of bottleneck for notified bodies uh, by end of 2024. As we said, uh, a lot of manufacturers 
they did um, renew their certificate just before the date of application, which means that they can go until end of 2024, middle 2024, so May 26, 2024, uh, for their certificate, which means that a lot of notif a lot of manufacturers will have their um, certificates expiring at the same moment, which means that there is a need of a lot of notified bodies to apply there. There is some proposals to try to encourage manufacturers to um, get certified before the, the end of the expiration of their certificates. But yeah, this should be um, normally obvious for a lot of manufacturers because if they wait later, then there would be really a, a massacre here. Uh, the other is about remote audits because they are not harmonized between member states, which creates a lot of disadvantage for uh, things. So mainly there is also some opinions there. Uh, the impacts also of COVID-19 on the PMCF and PMPF for legacy devices. So you can imagine that before the COVID, you have maybe issued a PMCF uh, plan or study where you say, oh, we'll do this number of investigation, this check, this, this, etc., with a lot of um, planning, if I can say, or prognostic. And... COVID-19 arrived and then a lot of things were cancelled, people were not able to go to hospitals or there was priority made on other diseases, on, on COVID-19 diseases instead of other uh, diseases for, that are related to those devices, which means that people were not able to collect the data they wanted to collect. So this is mainly one of the a big issue about PMCF, uh, which can be a, a problem for also a certification of medical devices. So they are alerting on that. And the last one is the one we just talked before. So MDCG guidance, the issue is that there is a lot of guidances that are missing. So it's also a big problem for uh, for notified bodies and for the implementation of the MDR and IVDR. So um, you can read this position paper and look at all the proposals that um, make the team NB. Uh, I think it's a good one. So maybe it's interesting that you uh, see that and maybe that you can push for those proposals to, to move forward. Okay. A famous topic now, the electronic instruction for use. Each week or each month, I get some question about, can I uh, use electronic instruction for use for my devices? So the objective is mainly to avoid having some papers on the with the device. And the answer is, it depends. So now we have the publication of the uh, update on the electronic instruction for use for medical devices. Um, and there inside there is the condition for using electronic instruction for use and i can just mention to you what are what they are so mainly you can use electronic instruction for use on uh, in the, at the place of papers only in the case of uh, medical devices that are implantable and active implantable medical devices and their accessories if you have a fixed installed medical device and their accessories if you have medical devices and their accessories fitted be, uh, uh, with a built-in system visually displaying the instruction for use. A software also can be used, but only in the case that this device and accessories are intended to be used by professionals, by people. So mainly, if you are, you, if it's used by a lay person, this is not authorized, but if it's used by a professional, then it's, it's fine. So mainly this is the fact that they have access to the tools to be able to, to check the instruction for use and to read about that. So mainly this is, I think, the objective of that. So, um, this is really important, which means also that you can combine paper and instruction for use, electronic instruction for use, which means that you can have a paper document plus a version on your website. Be careful that the version on your website is always updated each time uh, that uh, that you have a change uh, on your uh, instruction for use. But you cannot have an instruction for use only 
if you are not part of this category, an electronic instruction for use if you are not part of this, uh, this category here, which is really important. Okay, now we talk about Germany. So Germany, uh, I don't know if you um, yeah, look at that, but uh, they have a process which is called DIGA. So DIGA is mainly a reimbursement process in Germany for uh, um, digital applications, so prescribed by uh, doctors or uh, that um, are not prescribed. So mainly you have to go a certain pathway. And uh, we discussed about that in episode 75 with uh, uh, Stefan Bolanger. So I will put that also on the show notes. Uh, so if you are selling a digital application, uh, for health in, in Germany, you can go through this DGI process where you can claim for reimbursement uh, for the patient on these uh, things and which helps you to boost, if I can say, your device to be uh, on the market. But uh, mainly, uh, there are maybe a lot of things to follow and to help you, uh, the Germany, so B-Farm, uh, issued a, a guidance which is called fast track process for DIGA. So mainly this is a process where uh, a fast track, which means that help you to have that available within three to four months uh, in the in German market, uh, which can be a, a good, if I can say, boost for for your uh, your company. So if you are developing digital application and if you are uh, trying to sell that in Germany, then it's worth really to look at this kind of, uh, of process uh, because mainly this will help you to have a lot of people uh, getting that because it's prescribed by their practitioner. Okay, Switzerland, so our preferred country. So um, if you are going to Switzerland, so um, just a reminder, uh, the MRA between Switzerland and Europe is still not signed. Um, since December 31st, uh, 2021, uh, you need now uh, uh, an authorized representative and an importer for uh, for class three devices. Uh, then it will be in March for class two and two B, and to be in July for class uh, class one. So um, there is some help that was provided by Swiss Medic in a guidance that is mainly about the mentioning labels of the uh, Swiss. Uh, authorized representative um, and importer also. So uh, this guidance for now is in German. Uh, we have had the translation, uh, a translation made by uh, Kunik, and I put that also on the show notes. So uh, Angelina Hakim so uh, made the translation in English for that. Uh, so you can look at the table with what are the different dates of application. But here there is a distinction between MDR uh, products and MDD uh, products, AVDD products. Mainly this is the point where uh, there are some products that are uh, where you have to have the um, CH rep, so authorized representative mentioned in the label, but there are also some exceptions that says, oh, it's in the label, in the packaging, or in the document accompanying, accompanying the device, and this is mainly one of the difference. So there is a date where it says um, before that date, before uh, 2023, for example, you can place uh, this information on any of those documents. But after the, the date, so that uh, 31st of July 2023, then you have to place this directly on the labeling. So it gives you more flexibility, if I can say, because um, mainly what we are hoping is that there will be the signature of the MRA between Europe and Switzerland, which means that at the end, there will be no need anymore of a CHREP or an importer. But for now, there is a need of that. And this is why there is those recommendations that is available. But go on the show notes and you'll have also the translation. You have the German one, if you read German, but you'll have also the translation uh, to be able to, to look at that. Um, 
Swiss Medic also updated the mandate uh, form uh, for um, for uh, yeah a notification of uh, the Swiss authorized representative and the uh, no, uh, manufacturer. So it's also on the show notes. So if you are using one of those uh, to notify to Swiss Medic, uh, if your Swiss authorized representative is using one of those, then you'll have to update that. So don't use that. I mean, you can use the old one, but the the, the Swiss Medic will be uh, telling you that uh, this is not the good one, and you'll have to redo it again. So here is the new mandate also. Okay, so. If you need an authorized representative in Switzerland, so Easy Medical Device is providing this support. And a new service that we are doing now is that we are also providing the support in terms of importer. So if you need also an importer in Switzerland, then we can do also the exercise of uh, importer. Uh, this is something that uh, is needed, is mandatory. So if you are selling directly from, for example, France or UK or Germany to Switzerland, you need an authorized representative and you need an importer in the case the sales is not done to an healthcare facility that will be using that directly. If it's done to a, a, a company that will be selling that in Switzerland, then you need an importer mainly for, for, for this exercise here. And we can help you for that. So don't hesitate to contact us at uh, swiss at easymedicaldevice.com. Swiss, S-W-I-S-S at easymedicaldevice.com. Okay, let's go to USA now. So in the USA, we have um, uh, a report that is made, uh, which is called MedSun. So many of this report is uh, the reporting that is coming from 300 hospitals some nursing homes and some home uh, health facilities in the US, uh, where they tell you a lot of the defects that are happening. They compile a lot of information about the defects that are happening. And I just had a look at the December 2021 report and it's also on the show notes, so you can go and look at that. And many of the issues that we see are on the COVID-19 false positive tests. So many there is recourse about those tests because um, when it's negative, it's fine, but when it's positive, sometimes it's positive, but it's wrong. You are not really uh, getting any COVID. So it can be a um, healthcare situation where people think they are they have COVID when they don't have, which can be also creating some, some problems here. Uh, the second one is about uh, Datascope, Gettinger and Mackey failure, uh, battery failure. So many there is issues on those batteries and there was some recalling made uh, by, by, by the company. Uh, so if you are on this case, maybe also in Europe, you can understand that yeah, these information related to US can also be uh, happening in Europe. So it's not like something that is strictly for US. What can be interesting by reading that is for you, if you have those kind of devices to know that here what happened for maybe your competitor or devices that maybe you are using. Uh, there is also a, a notification related to a leadless pacing system. Uh, there is a risk of major complication that is related to cardiac perforation during implantation. So yeah, this is kind of major risk. And there are there is a report at the end about highlighted uh, report with a lot of devices failure that happen with their problems with the situation, etc. So this kind of source is also something that can be important for you for post-marketing surveillance, uh, for clinical evaluation report if you are trying to get information from devices. So I think this is also something that can be helping you uh, in case of need. So you can also um, get uh, registered within this newsletter and you'll get this report every month or so if needed. So go to the show notes, go to the document and at the end of the document there is a, a link for uh, registering for this newsletter okay let's go now to saudi arabia so middle east um, so we have had a presentation uh, made by the engineer abdullah um, al-guraibi 
where we talk about how to register a device in uh, Saudi Arabia, SFDA. So this presentation is really well done. Uh, it explains all the steps, all the different activities, all the things that are also going uh, in Saudi Arabia, like uh, Saudi uh, Unique Device Identification, so uh, UDI. So there is a lot of details that are on this presentation and it can be a good beginner introduction if you are planning to sell your products in Saudi Arabia. At the same time, you have also uh, an update of the uh, DOC, Declaration of Conformity Template. Uh, so if you are selling your products in Saudi Arabia, uh, you have also this DOC to create and there is a new template that was also provided uh, within the, the SFDA website. So I put that also on the show notes, so don't hesitate to go there. Okay, training. So, um, Easy Medical Device uh, reiterate again the uh, training, so Green Bell Certificate this month in January. So it will start January 24th until January 28th, and then uh, following week there will be the exam that will be um, uh, available. So uh, the idea of this training is for uh, people that want to get uh, EUMDR trend. Uh, there is the uh, all the information updated also related to UMDR. Uh, the first day we'll talk about general information, deadline, etc. for UMDR. The second day about economic operator. The third day uh, about uh, classification, uh, about uh, conformity assessment, about notified bodies. Uh, the fourth day about technical documentation, clinical evaluation, GSPR, etc. And the fifth day about uh, UDAMED and uh, UDI. So we have now more than 1,000 people that were participating uh, to these trainings. Uh, we have also the training that is uh, free, which is the uh, mini course uh, where we talk also about uh, UMDR. So don't hesitate to go there and to uh, try to register. So there is a free course and there is a uh, paid course, uh, which is the green belt here. Uh, so uh, go also on the show notes and you'll get the link for registering for, the, for this course. Uh, and at the end, normally, uh, if you pass the certificate, you will get a diploma and certified that you have succeeded at this um, at this uh, training. Um, but you get also an attestation of participation even if you have not succeeded at the training. So just an attestation saying that you have had this training and you can show that to any notified bodies or any people uh, to tell them that yes, you had had the training and you'll get all the material, all the information that you can show in case of question by a notified body also. Okay, NDCG guidance now. So the guidances were um, really um, missing last month. So we have, we didn't have anyone. So now this time we have the NDCG 2021-27, where we have the question and answers on Article 13 and 14, which is uh, importer and distributor. Um, this um, was an interesting one because, um, yeah, this is the one that we, I, I talked before to say uh, normally the MDCG guidance is creating some clarity on some processes. Here, apparently, this one is creating more questions than answers, questions, uh, more, uh, yeah, questions than answers. Uh, so one uh, thing that uh, is mentioned also uh, on the article of Eric Volbrecht. So Eric Volbrecht issued a post where he talks about this MDCG guidance. And what is said mainly there is that uh, the definition of the placing on the market is now um, is different from the one that is on the blue guide or one even that is on the MDR, which creates some question here. 
is it a typo or is it intentional? And the second one is about the importer relabeling. So the question that was raised there is the fact that, okay, if you as an importer, you see that there is a label already on the product, which is mentioning another importer, um, are you the importer or are you not the importer? I mean, it's like that, but the question is more, um, uh, will you place this device in the market or was it already placed by somebody else? Then you will not be anymore the importer, but you will be the distributor, etc. Et so you see here how it complicated it can be. Uh, so Eric is talking about that and is showing to us um, what is working and not working on, on this kind of uh, situation there. Okay, then we have the MDCG 2021-28, which is more on the clinical evaluation when there is some substantial modification of the clinical uh, investigation, sorry. Uh, so here we have mainly a form that will be used to uh, notify that there is some substantial changes to the clinical, uh, clinical investigation. So it's uh, an additional template that can be used by anybody uh, if you are uh, doing any clinical investigation here. Okay, notified bodies now. So, uh, how many notified bodies this month? <laughs> so in December, we had a good surprise because nearly the last day, the 30th, I think of December, uh, we got a new notified body that was appointed for MDR, not IVDR, for MDR, which is Tuvnord uh, Cert, uh, a German one again. So uh, congratulations, Tuvnord Cert. Uh, it was really great to see uh, uh, the last one before the end of the year, which is kind of a gift for <laughs> manufacturers. Uh, so let's make the count now. So we have now within MDR uh, 26 notified bodies, uh, within IVDR still six notified bodies, it's not really growing up. And just to make a comparison, because I'm working a lot also on the uh, personal protective equipments, uh, the mask, etc. And here on personal protective equipments, for example, if you go to the Nando database, you have 113 notified bodies. So you can see here the gap between a personal protective equipment that can not be focused on medical devices, can be also protection for when you are doing some construction or whatever, and medical devices that is mainly, uh, yeah, more than half, less than what, what is on the personal protective equipment. So um, we still need notified bodies. I'm sure there will be still uh, a new, new ones that will be accredited. Uh, but yeah, this is mainly what Tuv, um, not Tuv, uh, Team NB was mentioning on their report to say, yeah, there will be a bottleneck at a certain point. So uh, we need really to have more notified bodies, but also maybe to have some proposal to mitigate some of the risks that will be happening there. But yeah, this is the current situation. Okay, what happened now in Easy Medical Device? So within the last month, within December, uh, so we had three uh, new podcast episodes. Uh, the first one was about custom-made devices with Eric Volbrecht, so we tried to explain what is a custom-made device, what changed with uh, the previous medical device directive, and also with the um, explanation about the medical device uh, uh, MDCG guidance that was uh, also issued for uh, custom-made devices. Uh, so you can go to, our, to episode 158 uh, to look at that, and to, um, if I can say, if you are really making some custom-made devices, uh, you have to ask yourself, are you still a custom-made uh, device company or not? Because there is a change on the definition here. 
Then we have episode 159, which is um, the step-by-step -step recipe for MDR and IVDR certification. So I tried within this episode to explain to you the different steps that you can follow uh, to be MDR or IVDR certified. What are, I mean, this is the thing that I'm, I'm explaining to my customers when they are coming and asking me, oh, I have this type of device, I want to be MDR certified, what should I do? And here is mainly what I, I'm trying to explain to them within this episode, that is the fact that you have to have a quality management system, the fact that we have to make a gap uh, between what you have done already and what you haven't. Are you new on the market or you are uh, somebody that was already MDD before, etc., etc. So explaining all those things and then making a plan uh, to define when we can uh, have consider that you can be uh, MDR certified or IVDR certified. This is exactly the same rules for, for IVDR also. And episode 160, uh, where I'm making the summary of 2021. Uh, so it's mainly an episode where I'm trying to uh, give you uh, some hints on what were the topics that were uh, mostly discussed. Uh, the, also the question that people were asking me, and one of the, the, the top one, if I can say, is mainly the clinical uh, evaluation, uh, where we have a lot of manufacturers that are coming now and saying, oh, we have uh, got an audit with our notified body and they don't accept anymore my, our clinical evaluation. They raised a lot of non-conformances. Can you help us to correct? that etc so this is many the one of the most important things that, I, that we are getting for for the moment uh, but yeah we know that uh, 2021 was uh, with a lot of new things like Brexit, like Swixit, like MDR application. And 2022 will also be with a lot of things with IVDR also. And we know that now there is a, uh, a change in terms of the application for some of the devices. But we continue with MDR. We are in a transition period actually. So it means that until 2024, there will be a lot of things that are happening within the MDR field. Uh, so you have still to transition to the MDR and it's something that you have to have on focus because without that, you cannot sell your products anymore uh, on the market. Okay, so I think we covered uh, all the topics that I wanted to discuss. Uh, in 2021, there will be, uh, 2022, there will be uh, more things to discuss. But if you have any subject that you are maybe interested about, so let us, let me know and I will try or to find the information and, and try to provide that to you. Or I can invite a guest and then we can discuss about this topic and answer maybe your question directly there. Okay, so don't hesitate to contact me at info at easymedicaldevice.com, info at easymedicaldevice.com. Remember, so we are not just making podcasts, we are also helping manufacturers. So if you have any project and you need some consultants, so let me know and I can try to uh, to help you. Uh, if you need some trainings also for your company, let me know and I, we can build that for you. If you need an authorized representative in uh, UK, in Europe and in Switzerland, we are also here. And as I've said, we are now building a new service, which is importer in Europe and in Switzerland. So if you need any importer in Europe and Switzerland, contact us and we'll try to onboard you on this uh, on this new uh, new service. Okay, so it was really a pleasure for me uh, to have this discussion with you and I wish you a nice day. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much. 